If you build it, he will come. Well, it's uh, been almost a year now since we built out this podcast. Uh, and not unlike the movie Field of Dreams, we have had dozens of you, dozens, come to listen each week to our High Expectations So planned out that uh, intro, Drewski. After last night, we gotta we gotta start with the uh, big Field of Dreams game, right? The one constant, Brad, has been baseball. How great was last night? It was cool. It was it, it was cool. I I didn't watch the entire game. I you know I kind of came in and out of it a little bit, watched the ending, um, but the beginning of it was awesome. The they did a cool like the setup was cool they didn't get they leaned into the nostalgia but they didn't get too cheesy um at least i didn't think so um and i just i didn't they they made it feel like a big deal with big poppy and frank thomas and a rod there you know doing the pregame show and it was just overall i thought they did a really cool a really good job with it it could have been hokey and cheesy and ridiculous and uh, it wasn't at all. I thought it was. I thought it was top notch from Major League Baseball. Yeah. No. I every. Uh, I mean, Major League Baseball always gets a lot of crap thrown at it and doesn't always do things you know that make sense and the best. But I thought last night it was perfect. I mean, the field like was awesome, right? Every mm-hmm. detail of the field was way cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I when I heard that they were going to have the players like walk through the corn and stuff, I was like, yeah, that's going to be cheesy. But it was freaking awesome. It was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. And then when they came through, it was like way cool. And just uh, the music and everything. And yeah, it it was it was awesome. And then, you know, for being from Iowa, like the the tie the tie ins to Iowa that they had, um, I thought. I thought was, you know, was cool too. I mean, other than when they did the fun facts and mentioned how we have more hogs than people in the state. <laughs> but, but the home plate umpire was from Iowa. The whole flyover crew was from Iowa. Your girl, Maddie Poppy, was singing the... Uh, yeah, how about that? I was got a, I was got an American Idol winner, apparently. That was news <laughs> to me. I was that was that was exciting. Uh, I will say that you, this is for our listeners, I did send to our text group, Hold on, somebody from Clarksville, Iowa, won American Idol, um, and Brad's response was, you know, basically, you big city folk have no idea what's going on. I would like to clarify, I don't think it's all the big city. It might oh. just be me because the way Lynn, the way my wife reacted when I said, "Hold on, Clarksville, Iowa, American Idol," she she looked at me like I had two heads, like so. Um, so yeah, I think that's more of a more of a me thing than a <laughs> than a big city thing. I didn't even know American Idol was still a thing. I thought it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, think it I thought the guy from, isn't the guy from American Idol on America's Got Talent. Simon Cowell is. Yeah. yeah. But Ryan Seacrest still hosts, and it changed channels. Like it went from, I think it went from Fox somewhere else. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I mean, the last I, how many? The reason American I know Idol that members. about uh about Simon Cowell is that uh, it comes on after Wheel of Fortune. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sometimes I see the start of America's Got Talent before I find the remote. Yeah. 
But no, I uh, we we took the Field of Dreams game. And now the one thing that no one's going to remember, Matty Poppy, and we started. <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> but That's no, how good I, it was. There was nothing to there was nothing to complain about. Like not it, at all. they did just a great. I thought they did a great job. Not at all. And uh, I think it's I think Levitard says this. I know I've heard it before, but uh, that you know MLB or Major League Baseball does nostalgia better than any other sport. You know, um, and that's the one thing that they are good at and better than other sports at. And I think that was on full display last night in Dyersville. And like you said, not overkill to the point where it's eye roll cheesy, but just cool as hell, man. And then they got the greatest game they could have ever asked for either, you know, like because I... I was thinking that yesterday during the day, like, man, I hope somebody hits a home run into the corn. That'll be cool. Well, there was like freaking eight of them by the time the ninth inning rolled around. You're like, all right, I've seen enough of these home runs in the corn. And then uh, the Yankees come back with two homers in the ninth to take it. And then Anderson hits the wide. I mean, it just, it couldn't have, uh, you know, it could have easily been a 12 to one snore fest or whatever, but it turned into probably like one of the best games of the year on the field of dreams i have i have no way of knowing that because i've watched exactly one regular season baseball game that wasn't the cubs and even games that were the cubs this is probably the most i've watched you're i said it last night you're a bigger baseball fan than i am i can't sit down and just watch a game that has a regular season game that you know i i haven't watched the cubs game since they traded people that'll kind of lead us into our next thing there but um but that I think that showed out, and I think I saw the numbers. They averaged you know, over five million people, over five million million views. Um, so that probably played out. People like me who who don't watch baseball, grew up playing baseball, grew up watching the Field of Dreams, and we went to the Field of Dreams a couple years ago um, at the Winterset Movie Theater. They have like old, old movie night. So we oh, went yeah. to watch Field of Dreams down there, and it was cool. You know, it's just cool, and I love the movie. I think the movie's fantastic. It, it's cheesy and hokey, and there's some major issues with it, like one being how did this guy, you know, I mean, the guy built his field. He didn't tear down all of his farmland. Like, you know, like it wasn't, that yeah, much, wasn't that much out of there. But, um, but, yeah, I think you're right. They do nostalgia great. Uh, it was a great game. Um, I don't know much more to say about it. I think – I don't want them to do it every single year. Uh, I think that could take away some of the the scarcity of it that makes it cool. Um, but if they did other things and mixed it in with it, you know, doing the Williamsport Little League World Series game they did a couple years ago, I think, with the Cubs. Yeah. Um, you could do like a, like a like an old Negro League type game in Kansas City or something or, uh, you know, something like that where you're kind of mixing these things up so they don't get stale, I, I think would be cool. Um, so hopefully they keep doing something like that because it's kind of nice this time of year because I don't give a shit about preseason football. I just so it's nice to just have something on, right? It's an event. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, agreed. I, I, I'm sure. I rumors are they're going to do it next year, and David Ross maybe spilled the beans that the Cubs will be involved next year. Um, so I don't know if they'll do Cubs cards or if they'll do Cubs. Dodgers or, you know, try to pull in our nationals, try to pull in a major market. But, um, but yeah, the other thing I'll say is cool, you know, like being from Iowa and being an hour and a half away and going to the field of dreams as a kid and, you know, knowing the movie and everything is how 
like I obviously thought it was cool because I'm a baseball fan and yeah, Dyersville, like I drive by on Highway 20 and my brother almost drives by when he's trying to go to Iowa City for a football game. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the the fact that it like was such a big deal nationwide, like was was like, I don't know how to really ex- explain it. That was just really like neat to me, you know, like A-Rod and Big Poppy and Frank Thomas, like they were like kids they were loving every minute of it, you know, and Mm -hmm. all the national reporters and 5 million viewers. I think I saw it's going to be the largest TV audience for a regular season baseball game in over a decade, you know, like, so it wasn't just an Iowa thing. Like, you know, everybody thought it was cool, which um, you put it on primetime. I mean, they, they put it on primetime on a major network, you know, on a, one of the, one of the four major networks. That's, that's a big deal and it's cool. And it's like you said, it was kind of nice to have an event that everybody was watching. You know, I mean, we had, we had that, we're going to talk about the Olympics in a little bit. We kind of had a little bit of that with yeah. the Olympics, but they weren't live most of the time. So knew what happened for the most part while you were watching it. So um, it was cool. I, I, I think we don't have a whole lot else to, to add on that. I mean, let's yeah, move on to the, to the Cubs and, and just overall a, a cool event. Like it's nice to have something um, that, it's nice to have something where people can just say that's cool and not, you know, the way where we are if Twitter and Facebook and everybody's got to have an opinion or a hot take to just not just have something that's just was cool. And we don't have to do yeah. anything else and, and, and pick take sides or, yeah. yeah, you know, whatever it might be. It's just cool to just have. And we'll talk about picking sides also in, in the Olympic <laughs> talk. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just a great night all around for baseball, really, for MLB, and a great night for Iowa. Great showcase for Iowa. So, for you know, for me, it doesn't get much better than that. And, hey, this will segue us, but the White Sox uh, had Kimbrell go out in the eighth and then blew it in the ninth. Maybe uh, maybe they, maybe Kimbrell's there uh, needs to be their closer, huh? And, um, maybe. The maybe. Cubs. Maybe. That's going to be our next topic. Rizzo couldn't play. Uh, I'm sure he missed. Uh, I'm sure he wanted to, but uh, on the COVID list. And uh, I can name maybe two guys on the Cubs starting lineup these oh, days. I mean, they traded away literally. Oh, that's what be, yeah. I mean, well, I think Wilson. we got Wilson still. We got Wilson Contreras. Not... And after that, it's like, uh, um, Arietta gets cut. <laughs> he got one. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Um, the, I think you guys sent me a like starting lineup and there was a guy named like Frank Schwindel or something. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a real person. Uh, That's not, I mean, when we played a fake name or Tampa Bay devil, right. We could do that with the Cubs right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, fake name. Um, but here's the thing on that kind of stepping away from it a little bit, you know, being, cause it sucked when they traded them all. We were down golfing that day when they traded them all away and it, just your your initial fan reaction is like, well, this is terrible, right? So stepping away from it a little bit, there are obvious issues in the game, in in the in the abilities of Javier Baez and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, right? Is Rizzo's getting old. Yeah. His production's gone down. Bryant is not worth what Scott Boris is gonna demand, right? And Javi Baez has, I mean, obvious flaws in his game, right? So I think they did the right thing, you know, and whether or not they got back the right guys, that's, that's a, you know, either they did or they didn't, right? It's 50, 50, 
they either did or they didn't. But fifty <laughs> fifty. But but I think they did the right thing. I think once Rizzo's not going to take seventy million dollars over whatever it was four or five years, then you know it's time to move on from Rizzo. And it's as 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 much as it sucks to say. I think the big thing is I don't think this would suck as much had they maybe got to another World Series. You know, well, but it just it feels like even though they won a World Series, it feels like that group underachieved, doesn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. And I, I would even say that the Ricketts won the World Series with the Cubs. So you can't be that angry at them or you can't label them as as failures, really. But um, my thing is it all started this offseason. Like right now, when we went through our slump, And when the Cubs, uh, you know, uh, 10 games back or whatever we were, yes, then you trade your guys that are on the last year of their contract who are going to ask for larger deals than they're worth, right? But, like, this offseason when Schwarber went to the Nationals, John Lester would have came, signed, would have came and played for the Cubs for less than what the Nationals gave him. And then the Darvish trade is the biggest one. You trade away you, Darvish. Like, we were given up before the season even started. So that's that's where I get pissed and where it's dumb for me. And you're right. Technically, at this time, they did the things that you need to do to rebuild a team. But, you know, the Yankees, any other big market team, which the Cubs should be, would have kept all those guys around for one last run. And we threw the white flag before the season even started because we just don't have enough, didn't have any money after COVID. So that, that's where it still stings for me. I, I, that is a, that's a solid point. You're, you're a hundred percent correct that what they did at this time was right, but they set themselves up to be at this point. Exactly. Yeah. So, and they, and they set themselves up and, when you trade you Darvish and you take back four 18 year olds, it tells you something, you know, yeah. it, when, when they first started about just talking about trading Darvish to the Padres, they were talking about, well, maybe we can get this guy or this guy to kind of plug into the major league roster. And they didn't get that. They got this Zach Davies guy who is terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but I think, I, I think, I think two things can be right. I think you can be sad yeah. that, that it's over. And I think you can understand that it is probably the right thing to do. You know, right. and if, no, Javi, I, and if Javi Baez is your, if Javi Baez is your number seven hitter and plays great defense, great. Right. Then he's fine. But you know, when he kind of stepped up to the top and Addison Russell flamed out completely and Kyle Schwarber flamed out and, um, Schwarber's still in the league. So we didn't faint flame out you know yeah. what i'm talking with the cubs anyway who's who right, knows if you would have right. had never, that success never. that he had in june with with the nationals but you know those guys kind of flame out and then bryant doesn't consistently with the injuries stay at that top you know five player in baseball that we thought he was going to be now that team looks significantly different when Baez is your you're counting on bias for the offensive production every day and it just wasn't there. And I think they had to make those changes. And and I don't want people to think that I'm upset when I say they under underachieve, you know, I, I think two things can be correct there too. And that these guys did the thing that, you know, we never thought would happen in our lifetime, but at the same time, looking back, if somebody would have told you 
you know, on that day I was up there wearing your Cubs helmet, like looking like an idiot uh, after the World <laughs> Series, right? Yeah. If somebody would have told you that day that they would not go back to another World Series, you would have thought, you probably would, I, I, I would have said that there's no way they don't make back, they, they don't get to another one, right? Yeah. Um, But, so, I, I'm with you. I, the Ricketts, you know, stop trying to buy up all of Wrigleyville and turn, take every single dollar that I spend over there on a, on a weekend and focus more on the baseball team, and then I think I'd be happy, but... Who knows? I don't have a ton of I don't have a ton of faith in Jed Hoyer and that, you know, I, here's the other thing is when you have one of the worst farm systems in baseball, why should I trust you to rebuild it? You were all around building this farm system. So why do why should I trust you to rebuild it? Why should I trust you that you got the right people? And maybe they did, but I, I don't I, I'm going to need to see more evidence of that going forward. Yeah, solid point. And I since you brought up Jed Hoyer, I'll say I'll, I'll make one more point and then we can and then we can uh, move on for our our listeners that maybe aren't Cubs fans. But um, the other thing with Hoyer is after all this happened and then like, you know, I'm paying more attention to it because it's the Cubs and it's Chicago media. So I take it with a grain of salt. But there is kind of a little pissing match going back and forth between like Rizzo Hoyer and then Bryant got asked out in San Francisco and he jumped in. And Hoyer's like, well, we offered them deals, you know, and they're saying, you know, you really didn't. And it's like, dude, Hoyer, like this as a GM, you're never like this is the core of the team that won the World Series. Like in the fan, it, when it comes to yeah. fans, you're never going to win over the players, no. dude. So never. like, never, leave, never. Just, yeah. Like talk about go. how we got to rebuild and do all that. Don't don't throw something out there that's going to try to make it look like Rizzo and Bryant and Baez didn't want to be here or something, you know, like, cause they're going to fight against that. And the fans are always going to take their side. Right. You're, you're going to have, you're going to have 10 to 15% of your of fan base. You're going to have 10 to 15% of your fan base that understands the, you can't pay for past results. Financials. Right? Yeah. So you're going to have, but the rest, the the rest of the fan base is going to say what most of the time when I, I don't care what you pay people. I don't care if you paid somebody too much. I I don't care. You guys made those decisions. I just want to watch an entertaining team. And I'm obviously going to have, we talked about nostalgia already. Like I'm obviously going to have nostalgia for, you know, uh, the, the time where, you know, the photo of Baez and Russell jumping up and, um, you know, and hugging in midair where Brian and Rizzo are running towards each other. Like those guys are always going to, I'm always going to remember those guys fondly over the guy who signed them. Theo. Yeah. Off. Theo and you know, like, yeah, exactly. You know, and I think Theo saw this coming and didn't want to tear it down. Right. Yeah, he didn't want to be the bad guy. And so he bailed and, and, you know, that makes sense, but. Yeah, anyway, he went out out on a high note. But yeah, you're right. When when as a Cubs fan, you're always going to have that play in your mind where Bryant feels the ground ball, throws it over to Rizzo last out and we all crazy, Right. So and yeah, I'm not going to remember Theo and Jed hugging in the stands. (laughs) Anyways. So, yeah, Cubs dumpster fire. We'll see uh, what they do in the offseason. But. Uh, but yeah, so let's go to the Olympics. Moving on, the who, was, Olympics. who was right? Who was right on the Olympics? Olympic basketball, USA. 
I mean, do we need to drop in exactly what I said? Hey, they might lose a game, but they just need to get to the medal round, and I think they'll win it all. Boom, right here. This guy. I'm pointing at myself, people. You can't yep. see. Pointing at my big bald dome right here. Drewski called it. So, uh, Kevin Durant, greatest uh, U.S. basketball player ever. Three gold medals. I think you would have to say he's the best Olympian, right? Like... He what he passed Carmelo in uh, total, total points point scored and yeah three straight gold medals and went 30 30 29 as far as points in each one of those gold medal games so yeah he was, he was on great. His shoulders. Yeah. and the only reason they lost the first game against France France because he was in foul trouble you know I mean otherwise yeah. they win that game too um, and it's a different I, game a different roster I mean he can't you know Rudy Gobert yeah, is a tough guard for Durant inside yeah you know? and, yeah and that, that's yeah. where the U.S. is probably going to lose games or be in tight games because the game's changed, man. I mean, how many NBA players did France pull out, like pull out there, yeah, right? Well, yeah, and we don't, yeah, get, you know, our roster makeup, we didn't really have anybody that could guard Gobert, you know? Right. So. We pulled JaVel McGee out of nowhere. By the way, JaVel McGee's only 33 years old. Like, did that's you know that? Crazy. I thought he was like 40-something. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I was – I was watching, uh, it was called For Ball and Country on Peacock. It's just a little documentary about their camp in Las Vegas. And they pulled JaVel McGee in, right? And so the best part about it is they have an entire episode basically about like Kevin Love's going to be this wily veteran and help the team. And then the very next episode, it's like Kevin Love left camp today because he wasn't in shape or something. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so then they bring in JaVel McGee and, you know, and JaVel McGee's like, yeah, my agent called at 4.30 in the morning at 6.30 and I finally called him back at 8.30 and they told me I was on the Olympic team. And I'm just like, how many people did we go through to get to JaVel McGee? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, and then he, he, he rolls in, you know, he, it looks like he just got, uh, just woke up or something. He's got this sweatsuit on and I'm like, God, he's got to be getting old. So I looked it up. He's only 33. That's so, great. um, but yeah, you, you know, I think for me, everybody keeps saying the world is caught up. The world is caught up. The, wor- the world hasn't so much ha- as caught up talent wise is that they now put together these, these teams put together these cores that play together every summer or have been yeah. playing together in their programs. And we had to put together a team in a shortened summer because of COVID with guys not playing because of injuries. Cause they've been playing nonstop since the bubble last year. So for us, it was all about getting, getting up to our normal speed. And that's the same thing that happened in the Olympics in 2004 um, was we didn't get up to speed. So we, every, you know, we had in the two, in 2004, we had Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, you know, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo, those guys didn't play as much as they should have. Larry Brown should have played them more, Yeah. Uh, but, but we don't, we don't, we can't just throw teams out there in two weeks and get ready. We have to have a little more time. Uh, and, and I think once we had that time, you know, we basically that France game, yeah, we won by five, but it was never like in doubt until we were like, until we just threw the ball away a couple times at the end, you know, it was, it was a 10 point game for most of the, most of the second half. And I think that's what you're probably going to see. You're going to see a couple close games, but for the most part, they're going to be 10 point games instead of 20 point games. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and if you look at, I mean, if you pull up and look at, you know, the top 25, top 30 players in the NBA, 
probably half of them or more are, are, you know, U.S. citizens, right, are U.S., but not all of them play in the Olympics, especially this year, like you said, because of the, the bubble and COVID and the shortened time period. But there's an awful lot of international players, you know, having great oh, success yeah. in the NBA. It's just a matter of it's not like the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup where it's U.S. versus the world. Like they're all split out right. um, on these other teams. But, um, you know, you get a Luca, or you get a Gobert, you get a, you get a stud on a team and, and a decent nucleus around them. And and they're going to they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. So but all in all, the U.S., Got her done, as you predicted, and uh, ultimately the U.S. ended up passing China at the end. For, we got them, baby. We got them. Uh, most gold medals and most medals by far, but yeah, we got them. We got them on the gold medal count too. So, did you hear this? That China doesn't act. That China is claiming they have they won the gold medal count because they're counting Chinese t- uh, Taipei, which is Taiwan. They got uh-huh. Chinese Taipei. But they're counting uh, all of Taiwan's medals and claiming that they won more medals than us as well, because you know they they keep claiming that Taiwan is part of China. Um, so, <laughs> so in China, awesome. in, in China, much like in Russia, where they could just say whatever the hell they want, um, yeah. they they won it. But the rest of the world understands uh, that China got second. So, oh yeah, yeah. Any uh, anything else on the Olympic front? The, Olympi- the Olympics are always cool. Like I know there's there's some things that you, you said last time. You know you don't really care about the swimming. I love the swimming. Uh, I love watching track and field. Those 400 hurdles races were just insane. Both the men's and the women's. Can you imagine running a faster time than anybody in the history of the yes. world that run in that race? And getting second by like a couple tenths of a second, like it wasn't like somebody out out leaned him at the line, like they got beat, beat. Like, can you yeah. imagine oh, yeah. that? No, I know. And so that was right. that was awesome. Um, I still I'm still trying to figure out how somebody came up with the hurdles. You know, like were they just getting beat in the 400 a bunch, and we're like, you know, you know what we did do here? Put some barriers on the track and jump over them, and then I can beat that guy. <laughs> Dude, um, we could say that about pretty much all Olympic sports except for just running. You know, except like for running, running yeah. was the initial so, Olympic sport, but yeah, yeah, how did they come up with a lot of this stuff? So, so I thought that was, I thought that, that was cool. Um, Beach volleyball throw, when they were. Saying I bet that, I could throw. I bet I could throw this rock farther than you. Oh yeah, well, let's grab this sword and I'll throw it farther than you. <laughs> Uh, now we're gonna throw a hammer for some reason and <laughs> jump yeah, over a exactly. jump yeah. over a barrier into water for God knows why, but yeah, really um, heavy the um the uh, the sand volleyball when they were showing the temperature on the sand was like 135 degrees or something that was crazy. Um, yeah. But then even the other sports I watch a lot, I thought the golf was cool, the course was cool. Um, uh, the did you see the the modern pentathlon? lady that the horse wouldn't jump over the uh jump over the barrier and she lost the medal and was just crying uncontrollably yeah. on the horse that shit yeah. was hilarious i did see that yeah the best part of that so so my wife's showing me that right Lindsay's showing me this and i'm just and she's like can you imagine this i'm like no because it's modern pentathlon who fucking cares can you imagine being there and then that horse not getting you the medal? no i can't because i couldn't even tell you what the other four events were in the modern pentathlon yeah. i'm guessing they're five but um and but that's then, like why is that 
uh, my wife, Jenny, was asking, like, why that stuff's in, like, a sport. Like, yeah, like, it, or, or Olympic sport, anyways. Like, shouldn't that be in, like, the Animal Olympics? You know, and I was like, yeah, solid point. Well, the like, best part about it was then they... a perfect example. Like, I, you could be the best horse rider in the world, and that day the horse just didn't want to jump, you know? So, <laughs> what are we doing? Well, that's that was the best part about it. They go to the studio show afterwards, and the person giving the commentary on it just ripped her, ripped the writer. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just killed her. Well, this isn't the horse's fault. Everybody knows that if you're uptight on a horse, they just won't jump. She was uptight. You got to relax. And she just killed her. I'm like, this is amazing. Like this modern <laughs> pentathlon lady, like if she has a job and isn't like living off of, you know, she's probably the heir to some. I don't know, Olive Orchard Fortune in Southern Italy or wherever, because who the hell else has the time to learn how to do these things, you know? Like, she just freaked out. But that was, that that might have been my favorite part of the Olympics, watching that That's video. And I'm going to have to find that commentary. Oh. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, oh, she just ripped her. It was fantastic. And I was just like, yeah, this is perfect. This is what you get. But overall, the Olympics were great. I've got two. We're bringing back the firebomb. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is this is everyone's firebomb number one. Go ahead. Everyone's favorite. uh, Everyone's favorite segment of the We Have High Expectations podcast is back, folks. The firebomb. 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 Um, (laughs) 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 We're just making this unneedlessly long by doing that. Anyway, um, Dan Wetzel, USA Today columnist wrote a Greg Popovich needs to step down as Olympic coach column or Greg Popovich can't coach Olympic basketball column after the U S loses to France. Right. Nice. Goes off and does a whole uh, Greg Popovich who knows more about basketball than Dan Wetzel does in his tight in his medium t-shirt that he's always wearing uh, every time I see him. It's not, I got this wrong. I'd firebomb Dan Wetzel. It's Dan Wolken. i'm sorry dan wetzel it's dan wolken of the usa today dan wetzel good dude don't have a problem with him take back that maltov that incorrect maltov cocktail i threw at dan wetzel retraction retraction check that different dan w dan wolken dan wolken of the usa today um, so he wrote that whole article and then instead of writing a, okay, I was wrong article. Yeah. Um, he basically wrote a, if it wasn't for Kevin Durant, the U S would have lost the Olympics article because you know, he's not wrong. Uh, pop couldn't do it, but Durant bailed him out and pop is a terrible coach. And Dan Wetzel's a douchebag. Dan Wolken. Good <laughs> Dan Wolken. He is just catching. <laughs> Dan Wetzel is catching shrapnel, friendly fire, shrapnel from all directions here, man. He's getting unintentionally killed here. I apologize. to I apologize to the family of Dan Wetzel. Yeah, who may or may not, not be listeners. I do not apologize to Dan Wolken. He <laughs> can get firebombed. So, and, and to go off on that, the people rooting against the United States. Yeah, like, I hate that. Come on. And like. Just yeah. like, can't we just be one country for 10 minutes of a basketball game and just like root for the guys that went over there? Whether you know, I, I don't care who you voted for, what you think. We're all American, like, that's what makes America great. We all have different opinions, we have, and we all live together. And you know, like, for 20 minutes, can I, can I just have people root for the USA basketball team 
uh, that took time out of their life to go do that. So, and do something pretty cool. So hey, you're, you're speaking to the choir. I gave an exact similar speech prior to, uh, my, um, prior to me doing uh, karaoke of Lee Greenwood at the, uh, quarry lodge at Skipaways campground in Claremont, Iowa. I said, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on or who you voted for. We're all Americans. Damn right. And having different opinions is part of being American. <laughs> like, that's what makes this place great. You don't have to think one way or the other. So anyway, that's that's firebomb number one. Who who else was I going to firebomb? Well, Russia. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to firebomb the entire country of yeah. Russia. Be careful, man. Don't go off oh. some. Don't oh. start Putin. firebombing Rwanda or something. Going after you, Putin. <laughs> I'm going to come to that hockey game you play every year and check you into the boards. No more 10 goals for Putin in his fake hockey game. Hockey. I'm to take my shirt off and wrestle a bear. Check anyway. into the boards. You got to get behind him and pull that shirt up over his head. Zach knows what I'm talking about. The halls of the Wiggly <laughs> Shutrock High School. So Russia is apparently accusing the United States of rigging the 2020 Olympics. <laughs> Ironic. (laughs) uh, um, Yeah. Russia, who couldn't have their flag or their national Yeah, right, exactly. So is Russia doing this or is the ROC doing this? Because they systematically pump people full of drugs meant for horses (laughs) to win Olympics is accusing it. And they're basing it on – this is my favorite part of this article. This is a CBS sports article. Um, So here's, here's a quote. This was on. Um, this is from um, the deputy speaker of the Russian State Duma. Americans are freaks, moral freaks. Why are we even discussing this parade of freaks and perverts? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? what? How do we get to perverts? Even if we did rig an Olympics, how would that make you freaks and perverts? Anyway, so this this all kind of stems from the rhythmic gymnastic comp, all-around competition where Israel's something Ashray won the gold medal in the event even after the Russian team asked for the victory to be overturned. Russia claimed that the gold medal should have been taken away because she dropped the ribbon during her final exercise. They claimed that it would have been impossible to win after dropping the ribbon. And here's the best line in the whole story. Ironically, the Russian who won the 2018 World Championship gold medal dropped her ribbon in the same competition. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing they're claiming, they actually won on two years ago. But anyway, I just thought that was hilarious that rhythmic gymnastics, which was on and i finally that was it was on on the last sunday and they were like tossing hula hoops to each other and like ribbons and stuff and i'm like i'm out this isn't sports this isn't this is just people in the backyard like we're done so russia go to hell with dan wolken and we're there (laughs) say hi to art riles and I will, uh, yeah, I will send a, a care package to Dan Wetzel with a yeah, gift certificate to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, that little gift certificate for taking that, taking that shrapnel. So yeah, I got to apologize to, to, to Dan Wetzel and, uh, and their excellent podcast they do on Yahoo Sports. I listen to once every three or four weeks. Just kind of depends on what I got going on. 
Now, in fairness to Drew, I mean, this used to be a regular segment. It had, it's been quite a few episodes before we firebombed uh, somebody. And we were trying to double firebomb, which is... Yeah, no, it's a lot For of those work. of you that don't host a weekly podcast, a double firebomb is really one of the hardest things you can do as a podcast host. It's, so. it's insanely hard. A little, so. little rusty there, but... Yeah, uh, that's no. my bad. That's my bad. Um, I, thought it, I, thought it, I thought we played it off well. I think our listeners will enjoy the fact that I royally screwed that up um, <laughs> and the best part about it is like you didn't you didn't know i screwed it up i could have kept saying dan wetzel the whole time you would have no clue <laughs> i don't remember that article and i do not that i see dan wetzel a lot but i see more of his stuff than dan wolken but yeah yeah, uh, that's Dan Wilkins, the guy that thought like eighty-seven thousand people were gonna die of COVID playing college football last year. Remember, like somebody will die playing, you know. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And I think he was doing the same thing with the Olympics, like, oh, they'll never finish this, and I'm like, yeah, they will. Exactly. Yeah. We got her done. Well, solid episode in the can, liked, my friend. I liked it. I think people will enjoy it. Yeah, I think we, uh, I, I think we exceeded expectations. Uh, pretty high too. So, hey, we'll be back, uh, folks, for a uh, college football preview here very soon. We're getting close, a couple weeks away, right, from college football kickoff weekend. The Hawkeyes and the Hoosiers, top twenty teams. I think uh, I'd just like to remind everybody that last year I picked Minnesota to win the Big Ten West. I think they won two games. So. Uh, this college football preview is a must listen, folks. Must listen. Last year, now last year was a little unique, but yeah, uh, we both uh, didn't come close. Hey, we'll be back with the college football preview. Hold on to your shorts because it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good one. Anything else before we uh, sign off here, sir? It really, really tickles my bones when you say <laughs> hold on to your shorts. Yeah, you got to hold on to those shorts when you're bones. Hold on to those shorts. So. <laughs> No, that's good. Let's sign it off, people. Hey, everybody, thank you for listening to the High Expectations podcast. We will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one, Drewski. Yep.